Hallelujah. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Do you have your Bible with you? Amen. Well, we got a lot to go over this morning, and God is going to do a great work. Amen. If you have your Bible, as the kids, you are dismissed to head back with Pastor Chris and Miss Amber to Children's Chapel. Isn't it great to see all these kids in the sanctuary? It's only going to get better. (laughs) Hallelujah. You know, the next step is youth pastor, right? So these kids got to graduate into that. I have a heart for youth. Only did it for 17 short years, right? Thank you for being faithful in all those years. <laughs> Amen. You know, um, let me just, I, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Here, let's take our Bible. Let's say this together. This is our Bible decree here at our church. And let's say this together as we, we quote this and we claim it because today is Halloween day and we have the word of God. Amen. Let's say this. This is my Bible. God's holy word. I will make it a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. I will hide his words in my heart that I might not sin against God. Amen and amen. Today is a topic that has been brought to my attention, not once or twice, but several different times. And I've never preached on it before. But I want you to know that the enemy is present and he hates what I'm about to say. And the reason why I'm preaching this message, I'm going to be kind of like T.D. Jakes and much like the other pastors, because already he said to me, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to shut down your lapel mic. And that's exactly what he did. But guess what? Even if I have to preach, I'll stand in that aisle and that aisle. I'll stand here. Shut down the system, because I will tell you this. Our God reigns. So I will continue to keep preaching. And I'll preach his word as hard as I can. And uh, we're going to get through this today. Well, let me tell you why Satan's after us. Because our text today will be coming from 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 14 through 31. As you can see up here, it says, Trick or treat, glorifying Christ in the Halloween season. People have said to me, Pastor, here's the question that I have for you. Is this a good season for Christians? Should I trick or treat? In 16 years, I've referenced it, but I've never preached it. For many of you know that we went from trunk or treat to trick or treat to no trick or not the trunk or nothing, any of the treats. You'll get a treat after service, right? So we have bags of candy for the kids, but I want, I want to ask you all a question this morning. If you were once in sin, you then walked in a place that you were not proud of. And where was it that you walked? We have two choices. We either walk in darkness or we walk in light. So the Bible says that the old man is walking in darkness and the new man walks in light. Now I'm going to tell you what this text means as we move forward. The Bible says in verse 31, and you don't have to get there right now, Pastor Luke, but it says, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, you do to the glory of God. So I said, God, how can I glorify your name in a season where many people only celebrate the dead saints? 
And so today, I hope I can bring some clarity for you. And I will also let you know that I have gone down several different tracks. It is the Hallelujah Hoedown. And at one point, I was going to go the old free will Baptist way. And I was going to start a preaching. And I was going to start a shouting and quoting that scripture. Come out from among them and be a separate. But then I decided that wasn't really the right way to go. So then I said, Lord, how is it you want me to go? And he said, well, I'd kind of like you to talk about the reflections of it and really bring it out in Scripture. So I had about 35 different Scripture verses, and I was going to bore everybody, but yet bring light to such a time as this where it's so dark. And all I kept thinking was, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do to the glory of God. You know, we live in a life and in a time where it's dark. Listen, do you understand? Listen to me, church. People are falling away from the church. Pastors are resigning from the church. Church doors are closing. This is something that I heard preachers speak about in 1979 when I was nine years old. Not in the year 2021. But today we need to start preaching salvation. And we need to start bringing some light to a time and an age where we live that's very, very dark. Many of you saw that post that my daughter put on. You know, she shared it and it was talking about some of the the different things about Halloween and trick-or-treating. Some of you, you know, enlightened her and so on and so forth. And some argued the fact. I'm not here to argue anything today about trick-or-treat. I'm not here to argue anything about Halloween. I am here to shed some light on the subject. Can I get an amen? amen. Okay. And, and when I do that, I want you to know what the scripture says. Listen, it says in John chapter 4, verse 23 through 24. But the hour is coming and is now here. The hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. So I I want to ask you, church, how do you want me to preach today? Do you want me to be seeker-friendly, or do you want me to preach the word? Okay, I got your permission. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you, and we thank you for this morning. We thank you that no matter what we do, however we do it, whether therefore we eat or drink or whatsoever we do, may we do it to glorify you. Father, today I just want you to speak through me. I bind Satan in the name of Jesus Christ, and I thank you for the word. Father, you know that we've gone through several messages, but Lord, I'm going to preach what you want. And if you change it on me up here, I'm going to go down that path too. So whatever you want, God, I'm here as your vessel, broken and spilled out, used for your honor and for your glory. And today, Father God, you are to be praised. You are to be honored. And on this October 31st, we honor you. And so, God, we thank you for your word. Bring light to such a difficult yet controversial issue. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Many of you know me that I'm, I'm one of those type of preachers that I love to empower people. I love empowering people. And I think empowering people means there's so much in the word of God that people can feel a sense of empowerment. 
you know, we've been made more than conquerors through him who loved us. We've overcome greater is he that is in me than he that's in this world. Amen. So just knowing those things, we know that we can combat it. Well, I want you to know that we are in a time and the season has arrived. The days are here. And as we know, the days begin and continue to get shorter and shorter. And as the leaves fall from the trees and as the weather continues to change, we realize that it is the fall season. And for some this weekend, maybe on Thursday, maybe Friday, Saturday, I don't know, but this evening we will have another indication of fall being here as the streets will be filled with kids dressed as their favorite characters in search of the house that is giving away the best candy. For many of the parents out there, it may bring back all kinds of warm and fuzzy memories of your own childhood out trick-or-treating. But now to some in America or at least in the sub- suburban area of Akron, here in Talmadge or Kaga Falls, or wherever you're coming from, Ellett, Springfield, even the Fairlawn area, Halloween is a time to do what? To dress up, to gather with friends at parties, drink apple cider and hot chocolate, and enjoy getting together, eating, and just enjoying getting fat with all of the wonderful desserts and fun things. And you're going to go, well, I'm not listening to this, Pastor. You, I've already made up my mind. I don't care what you say, but I want you to be enlightened by what God has to say, by his word. I'm going to try not to give my opinion, but I'm going to give you some facts this morning that I really want you to listen closely to. Historically, Halloween has not always been so innocent, but has also been a time that is associated with evil. You're like, what do you mean, Pastor? Well, let let me give you the origins of Halloween. Its origins come from the Celtic people from before the time of Christ. The Celts were a pagan people who believed that their sun god grew weaker as winter approached and the days got shorter. And the Lord of death grew stronger during that time. Their new year began on November 1st as it was believed that on October 31st, New Year's Eve for them, that the barriers between the world of the dead and the world of the living was the most permeable because that is when the Lord of death, The grim reaper would come for the souls of those who died during the year. And some would call that all saints day. Now, I have a message here that your pastor wrote. Okay. And after I was done writing it, Lord said, okay, going to change some things up. So then we went to this one. And then this morning I got up and said, he goes, I might have you do some other things. So I started writing some things in there. Only because I want you to have this, and this talks about the jack-o'-lantern, how it came about, and how demonic influences have been prevalent through such a season as this. Even the Church of Satan, and you can Google it, even states that this is one holiday that we can celebrate that all Christians will acknowledge our holiday. It makes you think, doesn't it? Now, what I'm doing here today is I'm shedding some light on some truth to what needs to be said now for me i had a blast growing up my little brother and sister had the coolest haunted house that was ever out there because i could not wait to do it deanne and chris i mean i spent weeks on that thing i mean it was fun and we always had a great party and one time i dressed up and they didn't they thought i was a mannequin i would scare everybody it was just awesome those are some good feelings, right? Those are some great memories that we have. Do you remember the time when, you, when we go out trick-or-treating? Remember the days when they had that homemade popcorn ball? What happened to that? 
did our teeth fall out? Is that what happened? I'm not real sure, but, you know, I know that I searched for that one house on Rock Spring Road where we would go get that delicious homemade popcorn ball. One thing I do know is that in this season, what we know and what we do is innocent. We have to realize that these origins that we get, Halloween being associated with some witches and ghosts and the dead, and to be sure, there are still those today who will lean toward the evil aspects of Halloween and even have seances or go to psychics or fortune tellers or to check their crystal ball or put their trust and hope in what their horoscope says or what a Ouija board would tell them. Now, to some, these may seem like harmless fun, while others believe that just as it is possible to entertain angels through our hospitality, we know what the Scripture says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2. We minister to angels unaware. Be very, very careful because we can also entertain fallen angels, perhaps without even knowing it. This is why some followers of Christ have chosen to completely disassociate with anything to do with Halloween, from trick-or-treating to handing out candy. They will close the house, turn off the lights, and go out for the night so they don't have the appearance of associating with evil. But I love what it says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And if you're making or writing down notes, I think this is one of my most favorite verses Then in verse 2 it says this, Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. By testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. Other followers of Christ view the whole thing as no longer having the pagan influence that that it used to have, so they feel free to engage in an aspect of Halloween without any problem. And so while we find nothing specifically related to Halloween... In the Bible, I want to ask all of you today if there's teaching that can give us guidance for how we can decide what is best for us and most honoring to Christ in our conduct. And I believe there are, and we are going to look at a passage today that I believe will help give wisdom and guidance as we seek to live our lives to the glory of the Lord. I want you to turn, if you would please, to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 14. You can follow me up here on the PowerPoint. It says, Wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. I speak as to wise men, judge ye what I say. I, the cup of blessing which we bless... Is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we being many are one bread and one body. For we are all partakers of that one bread. Behold, Israel, after the flesh are not they which eat of the sacrifices, partakers of the altar. What say I then, that the idol is anything, or that which is offered and sacrificed to idols is anything? But I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to God. And I would not that you should have fellowship with devils. Now we're in the New Testament, and I continue. 
You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and of the table of devils. Do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. Let no man seek his own, but every man another's wealth. Whatsoever is sold in the shambles that eat, asking no question for conscience sake. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. If any of them that believe not bid you to a feast, and ye be disposed to go, whatsoever is set before you, eat, asking no question for conscience sake. If any man say unto you, this is offered and sacrifice unto idols, eat not for his sake that showed it, and for conscience sake. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. For the earth is the Lord's. Do you hear that? And the fullness thereof. Conscience, I say, not thine own, but of the other. For why is my liberty judged of another man's conscience? For if by grace be a partaker, why am I evil spoken of for that for which I give thanks? And then I conclude with this text. Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, I want you to do it all for the glory of God. You see... Paul is writing to the Corinthian church. Many of the people had come out of pagan religious background and were continuing to participate in some pagan worship rituals and worshiping false gods. Paul writes to them to give them some guidance on how they can live in their society and relationship with other people, even non-Christians, in a way that will be true to the Lord. Now, this passage doesn't deal specifically with Halloween. Now, but I find it because it is October 31st. I wanted to, I felt, you know, really prompted by the Lord to speak on this today. But it does deal with some pagan influences in their society that I believe if we distill the principles inerrant in this teaching, we can apply the principles to how we should deal with Halloween. So I'm going to break it down for you. And we begin with verse 14. It says there, for if my friends flee adultery, I speak to sensible people, judge for yourselves what I say. And so it talks about partaking of the cup. And it talks about partaking of the bread. Now watch this. So Paul is speaking to the Corinthian church and what he's telling them is, listen, I need you to do this in unity, in oneness. Now when we take of communion here in the Lord's Supper, what do we do? We do it as a body, correct? What did Jesus command? He commanded us and said, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Then he also says in Corinthians to make sure that that unity and that oneness is there. So you'll also hear in the reading of the word of God that it says, if you take this unworthily, you're causing damnation to your soul. So I tell everybody to always do some examination. Watch your heart. Look into your heart. Look into your life and consider what is being said. And so we have to be very, very careful. And so it is being the body of Christ together with one another. Not taking it individually or doing it individually. Since we are uniting with Christ, we should not be uniting with any idols or false gods. And that's what they're saying here. I'm just talking about what Paul is addressing to the Corinthian church. And we're to act as followers of Christ. 
Here's what Paul goes on to say in verse 18. Consider the people of Israel. Do not these who eat the sacrifices participate in the altar? Do I mean that sacrifice offered to an idol is anything? So they start talking about, you know, be careful. It says in verse 20, no, but the sacrifices of pagans are offered to demons, not to God. And I do not want you to be participants with demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons too. You cannot have part in both the Lord's table and the table of demons. Are we trying to arouse the Lord's jealousy? Are we stronger than they are? He's saying that even though there are really no other gods besides the one true God, when you continue to practice pagan worship rituals at events that are the purpose of worshiping some false gods, you are really participating in demonic activity. You must be careful. We must be very, very careful. Now, hold on. I'm moving. I'm moving here. And, and, and I'll bring this and make it applicable to all of us in our Christian walk and in our life. He goes on in verses 23 through 31. He said, everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible, but not everything is constructive. Nobody should seek his own good, but the good of others. Verse 25, eat anything sold in the meat market without raising questions of conscience, for the earth is the Lord's and everything that's in it. Verse 27, he said, if some unbeliever invites you to a meal and you want to go, eat whatever is put before you without raising questions of conscience. If anyone says to you, this has been offered and sacrificed, then do not eat it both for the sake of the man who told you for conscience' sake, the other man's conscience, I mean not yours, for why should my freedom be judged by another's conscience? If I take part in the meal and thankfulness, why am I denounced because of something I thank God for? And many of you are going, Pastor, I'm getting a little bit confused here about you know, eating and drinking and the meat and so forth, and I'm going to break this down for you. Here's what Paul clarifies. The last point where he was saying that the Corinthians shouldn't participate in idol worship services. That's what he's saying here, which is demonic activity. But on the other hand, don't worry about buying meat at the market, much of which in that area was probably sacrificed to an idol. Or should you not worry about going to a non-Christian's house for a meal? Even if their meat had been sacrificed to idols, don't worry about it unless someone tells you it has. Then you want to refrain for the benefit of the other person. So today, now, while there are probably not too many of us Many of you are probably wondering, should I attend this pagan worship service? Should I attend anything? Or if the meat we are purchasing at the market could defile us, if it was sacrificed to an idol, should we buy it? But what I really do believe and what we really seek to find in this passage are the principles that Paul uses to help the Corinthians in deciding what they should not be participating in. And what is something that we can participate in without worrying about dishonoring the Lord? Okay. What's that say up there? Glorifying Christ in the Halloween season. I want to do something where it doesn't dishonor the Lord. So Paul was just encouraging them because bowing down and worshiping and making sacrifices was such a prevalent thing in that day and time. Okay. And so he was telling them, do not participate with it. Why? Because we lead up to it. And here's what I want to start by saying. As we discern biblical principles, it's found here in verse 14. So the first biblical principle that I see in this passage is this. First, we are to love God. 1 Corinthians 10, 14 says, therefore, my dear brothers, flee from idolatry. What is idolatry? Now watch. Idolatry is worshiping a false god other than the one true God, the living God. 
And Paul tells the Corinthians that they need to flee from idolatry, which is directly opposed to what? Loving God. Are you with me this morning? Are you with me this morning? Okay, I want to make sure. So committing adultery is not adultery, but idolatry is like saying to your wife, I love you, but then going out and having an affair. That is not an act of love, and idolatry is not an act of love. The Corinthians needed to flee the idolatry they were practicing by going to feasts that were the purpose of worshiping false gods. So here we are in the New Testament, and we have to be careful because Paul was telling them, listen, who's your first love? Love the Lord your God with all your, with all your, with all your. So that's what he was encouraging them. How are we to love God? What is it that we allow into our Christian walk and in our life that hinders our fellowship with Christ? My job as a pastor is to bring everybody into a closer relationship with the Lord. You cannot really be loving God and also worshiping and participating in sacrifices to demons. It's just not possible. So we need to love God, and one way we do that is fleeing idolatry or taking things out of our lives that places something else in the spot that only God should occupy in our hearts. Interesting, isn't it? I feel that the Lord is leading me to do something. Do we have children in this sanctuary? Okay. Many of you do not know this, but I deal and I have... This is something that I've been a part of as a young man of dealing with possession and oppression in people's lives. Uh, I don't know if many of you have ever been a, heard the, the show Ghost Hunters, Ghost Chasers. They had called me to be on the show. They had heard that I'd been part of, you know, identifying, you know, demonic influences. And so, and I will get to that story if, if the Lord wills, but... I want you to know something, that it all started back when I was just a young man. I think I was 17 or 18 years of age. And I noticed as I walked into this home, it was in Stowe, Ohio. And as I was speaking to this family, I, there was this young lady that was there. And this isn't something that is very comfortable to talk about in a setting like this because people do not understand just the depth of demonic influence. But if you understand the depth of a stronghold, you'll understand the, de- the depth of oppression and demonic influence. And being a pastor and a counselor for many years, we deal with this behind closed doors in settings that sometimes aren't as comfortable for some as others. But when I walked in, I was a young man and I didn't understand what was going on. But yet I was concerned because as I walked in and I said, I would like to pray with your daughter. And as I started to pray with her, I noticed that she started twitching. A twitch overcame her. Well, then the twitch went from not just a twitch, but a body jerk. So her body started jerking to the point she was up on this couch and she slammed herself down onto the floor. Well, I didn't know what was taking place. It was much this time of the year. It was in this fall season. And I know that Jesus came out, and I know that he even commanded his disciples, our job is to do what? Cast out demons. We don't talk about it in church because it's something that just frightens people. And so I proceeded to look at her, and I said, Mom and Dad, could you hold her down? 
So as mom and dad held her down, I just went by what I was taught. I was just a young man. I, I didn't know anything, but I knew what Jesus did. So he spoke of his father. So I looked at her and I said, in the name of Jesus, come out. And that person went limp. That individual went limp. It was at that time in my life, in that timeline, that I knew that the influences of this side of the kingdom were for real. And I'll tell you just how real they are. I debated. Normally our Hallelujah Hoedown is a fun, I always tried last year, I think I did the Beverly Hillbillies, and, you know, I incorporated something fun for the day. But I only get to have the opportunity of preaching God's word in a setting such as this on a day like today. And I know that God has this truth for all of us. Because I know it's real. I've seen it with my own eyes. And I sit here in this, in this passage. Oh, hello. Um, in this passage. Woo, I was falling for Jesus. First, we are to love God, right? So my number one thing is I want to love God with all my what? With all my, with all my might. That is, that is what I, that's how I want to glorify Christ. 18 years old, and I had my first experience with casting out a demon in an individual. She broke down, she wept, she cried, accepted Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. We prayed right there, right then. Victory started to take place in her life. Here's another biblical principle we can discern from the passage is that we are free in Christ. We are free in Christ. Exactly. And it talks about verses 25, 26, 27, and it goes back to what we're supposed to eat at these feasts. And so Paul was saying, he says, now while you should not participate in idol feasts designed to be worship services for false gods, which are really demons, you don't need to worry about eating or buying meat and meat at the meat market that may have been offered to these false gods or idols in worship. You are free to participate in eating the meat sold in the meat market because you are not worshiping these false idols through this action. Therefore, it does not say anything about your love in regards to the true God. So we take it a little further here. Now, some might say, well, I want to honor God completely, so I am not going to eat meat at all because that is how much I love God. And that is, you know, how I show how strong my faith is. I want you to listen to what Paul tells the Romans in regards to this very issue of eating meat that may have been sacrificed to idols. And people have addressed me with this question. Should I eat meat? Here's what he says in Romans 14, verses 1 through 2. Accept him whose faith is weak without passing judgment on disputable matters. One man's faith allows him to eat everything, but another man whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. Did you hear what Paul says? It is not the one who doesn't eat the meat who has the stronger faith, but the one who understands the freedom we have in Christ. Understanding our freedom in Christ is an issue of our maturing in Christ and growing in our faith in what Christ has accomplished for us. You see, so that is another principle that we learned through this passage, the principle that we are free in Christ. And then here's my third point. And I'm doing this quickly because I have a little bit of information, but we're all having lunch today, right? Do you give me permission to go over a little bit? You know what happens when your pastor's gone? I have to make up for the week before. We'll get out of here at 1.30. Just kidding. We are to love others. We are to love others. So, so we know what our calling is, and that's what Paul was saying. How are you to love others? And in 1 Corinthians, verse 10, it says this. In verse 23, everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. 
Everything is permissible, but not everything is constructive. Nobody should seek his own good. And then it goes on about, you know, make sure you know what you're doing. While we are free in Christ, we cannot let our freedom be a stumbling block to another. We've got to consider other people ahead of ourselves. Now, what does this mean? Do I need to do what, uh, whatever other people think I should or shouldn't do? No, that's not what I'm saying. But if we're doing something that may cause someone else to stumble into sin, we need to seriously consider what we are doing. And that's all he was encouraging those here. Be careful causing other men to stumble. What is our goal? What does Christian mean? Christianity means Christ's likeness. Christ's likeness. But a little later in Romans 14... It says to make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle obstacle in your brother's way. It says be very, very Do you hear that? For the Corinthians, Paul told them that if they went to some unbeliever's house and someone there told them that they were about to eat was part of a sacrifice, they were to abstain for the benefit of that person's conscience. They may see you partake of it and think, of it is okay to worship other false gods since that is what these unbelievers were doing in their eating of this meat. Now, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to transition all this, okay? I'm going to get past all this boring stuff and bring it right up to, to make it relevant to, to present day. Since, you ready? Halloween does have some pagan origins. I think these principles that we learned in this context will apply nicely to help us discern what we should do. So let's ask, what should we do about trick-or-treating? Interesting question, isn't it? What about trick-or-treating? Is trick-or-treating a form of worshiping an idol? Would others in our society confuse my trick-or-treating with idol worship or not loving God? For the most part, I would say no. Here comes my answer. For the most part, I would say no. If we went through our neighborhoods, would any of our neighbors who are not Christians think that what they are doing is a form of worship? No. Absolutely not. The only thing that my neighbors would be thinking is that this is a time to go around and get some candy and popcorn balls. So my family has sought and applied these principles of love for God and others. And our freedom in Christ to be able to freely go trick-or-treating without at all believing that we are worshiping idols or entertaining demons. Okay. Now, even though we have allowed our kids to wear costumes, and we did, and go trick-or-treating, we've been cautious of the costumes they have worn. We have not allowed them to dress as a devil or as a witch and things of an occultic or demonic nature. Because that could be mistaken for glorifying something that should not be glorified. So while we feel free to trick or treat, our love of God and others causes us to be discerning in choice of costumes. Are you with me? What about a Halloween party? If I'm invited, now these are questions that have been asked of me. Pastor, what do you think of trick or treating? What do you think of Halloween? What do you think of a Halloween party? So I'm answering them for you. If I'm invited to a Halloween party, Would that be a conduit for worshiping a false idol? 
By not going, am I exemplifying or exampling my love of God and for others? Probably not. Most people who are having a Halloween party are using it as a time to dress up and have some friends over. They're not inviting people over to worship any false gods. It's not what they're doing. In fact, I believe we have to, we've got to have a relationship with non-Christians if we're going to ever have opportunity to share the gospel with others. And in this passage that we have been looking at, 1 Corinthians 27, Paul says, If some unbeliever invites you to a meal and you want to go, eat whatever is put before you without raising questions or conscience. Not to disassociate ourselves with people who are not Christians. Paul told the Corinthians earlier in the church in verse five or first Corinthians five verses nine through ten, I've written you in my letter not to associate with the sexually immoral. Not at all meaning the people of this world who are immoral, which we already know, right? Who are greedy and swindlers and idolaters. In that case, you would have to leave the world. So if you want to go to a Halloween party that a neighbor is having, I believe we have the freedom to go if we want without raising any questions of conscience. Deep thought there, isn't it? Now watch. But here's where it gets serious. Church. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 11, it says, Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. But what if the person is having the party in order to go along with a scary environment pulls out a Ouija board as a group activity or has invited a psychic to read your palm or a tarot card reader for a little innocent fun? This is where we always have to be discerning. This is where we have to, to understand our role. Because while going to a Halloween party may not indicate idol worship or any association with demonic activity, there are activities that we've got to be wary of or because they can open you up to demonic influences. We've got to realize that there really are spiritual forces of darkness that are looking to draw you away from a relationship with Christ or at least to pull you out of fellowship with the Lord. Here's what Paul writes. He said, our struggle is not what? Now, here's where I love the the scriptures. Here's spiritual warfare, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against what? The rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We really can be a participant with demons, as it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 20. When we engage in things that seek to contact the dead or cast spells or read people's future through occultic activities. These things are not just innocent fun but demonic in nature detestable to the lord listen to what the lord of it told the lord told israel as they were about to enter into the promised land he said in deuteronomy chapter 18 verse 9 much like the time today listen we're getting ready to wind this up wind this down when you enter into the land your god is giving you do not learn to imitate the detestable ways of the nations there Let no one be found among you who sacrifices his son or daughter in the fire, who practices divination or sorcery, interprets omens, engages in witchcraft, or casts spells, or who is a medium or spiritist, or who consults the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. Whose side are we on? God's side, right? Now listen, don't practice anything that is detestable. It is an abomination to the Lord. Because we are engaging with spiritual forces of evil. While witches may not be riding around on brooms, they are seeking to tap the powers of spiritual forces of evil. Mediums, fortune tellers, tarot card readers, palm readers. 
those seeking to tell you your future are doing the same thing. Wicca, one of the things that's just growing. On one of Megan's posts, a young lady wrote, I have a friend that's a witch. Do you? Because I don't. I don't think it's funny. And I, didn't, I, I thought that was very proud of her. Sorry, but I don't entertain demonic influences. I know who my love is. My love is Christ. My passion is Jesus Christ. It says here in 3 John chapter 1, verse 11, Beloved, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Whoever does good is from God. Whoever does evil has not seen God. Okay, wait a minute. If you're practicing witchcraft, that's evil, correct? And there's no good in it. So we have to abstain from all the appearances of evil. Whether it is around Halloween or not, these are things that you should not be engaging in because they are detestable and an abomination to the Lord. So where are you going with this, Pastor? I'll show you. I'm a senior in high school, and I just encountered this experience with this young lady in Stowe, Ohio. And these three girls I had been witnessing to, and and as you've heard me say before, I was the preacher boy. And so they were telling me that they were, it was Halloween, and they were all having a party. And I said, well, what's going on at your party? Well, Todd, you need to come. Dress up however you want be a part of it. And I, didn't, I chose not to be a part of it. But I will tell you this. When they came, hi, honey. I know. You're always talking to Papa, aren't you? She's always talking to me. So she hears me talking, and she might just really go on a roll here. I'm just telling you right now. But the three girls come running in to this choir room. We had swing choir, and as they came in, they're like, Todd, we got to talk to you. I'm like, why? What do you want to talk to me about? They're like, we're scared to death. Something happened. I said, well, what happened? They said, well, it was weird. Because we decided at the party to get out a Ouija board. And I said, well, didn't I tell you all this before? That is nothing to play with. The demonic influences of the outside world are not welcoming to us Christians. Listen what they told me. The board levitated off the table. The doors slammed in the house. It was enough to scare them to understand that they allowed the influences and the portals of hell to enter in. I'm here to tell all of you this. It's for real. Out of the three girls, there was one that was saved, two that were lost, two accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior right then. Why? Because they saw hell in a place that nobody else ever experienced. It is very scary. And so I love Halloween. I, I love the family. I love the people get together and they, they have apples and they enjoy the fun and excitement. But I just want to conclude with this thought. Maybe for some of you in this room, You've been engaged in some of these activities in the past. Maybe you've thought such things, well, it's just harmless fun. I want to stress that anything that is detestable to the Lord is detestable because it is not good for us and it is dishonoring to him. Do not participate or partake in any of those things. And as I conclude, if you are at a party in your neighborhood and someone does seek to engage in these things, 
Can I just encourage you not to do it? Understand your role as a Christ follower. If someone thinks it would be fun to be a psychic or fortune teller, don't do it. Romans 12, 21 says, Do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. Well, I feel we are free to trick or treat, being cautious of our costumes and what they represent, and free to go to Halloween parties. We must be leery of any practices or activities that could make us participants with demons and open us up to giving Satan a foothold in our lives. Amen? It's real, church. While we may think that ghost stories are just myths to scare us, there really are demons that can seek to draw us away from Christ. It says, submit, therefore. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. It is only through the power of the Lord, through a relationship with Jesus Christ, that we are going to be able to discern and be protected from such demonic influences. And this morning, if you have never entered into a relationship with Jesus Christ as Savior, then you need to do it. You need to come to the saving grace of Jesus. We know what 1 John 4 4 says. The Bible tells us that greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world. If you have received Jesus Christ as Savior, his Holy Spirit indwells you and is your protection against the evil spirits of Satan who are in the world and seeking to deceive you and lead you astray. And if you are not in a relationship with Jesus, you do not have the Holy Spirit in you and protecting you. Receive Jesus today by doing what Romans tells us. It says that if we confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Then you will be filled with Christ and free in Christ to be able to live your life for the glory of God in whatever you do. When ghost chasers or ghost hunters called me, the comment was, we have a situation. Here's our situation. We heard that you've been able to do exorcisms and we've heard that You know, you've been able to help. We've tried everything. We've even called up the Catholic priest and he came out and did some holy water. And he sprinkled it everywhere. We even came in and as we had our little sensors, as we moved up the stairs, their little ghost sensor said something was there. Well, your pastor has witnessed and seen the powers of pagan worship. Of false idols. So I said, well, can you do me a favor? And I was actually up at Chapel Hill Mall and I was inside at the Sam's Club and I said, could you do me a favor? I need to get to my car. I need to sit for a minute. I need to open up the Word of God. I said, listen, I'm not the one that does it. Jesus is the only one that has the power to expel the forces of evil in that house. And so I got, got out in the car and, and uh, I said, I need to speak with the homeowner. And I, she, she got on the phone and she says, I'm, I'm mom. I'm, I'm the woman of the home. And she said, dad's not here. And I go, well, where is dad? I said, I need the third. The Bible says that in the scriptures, whatsoever shall be bound on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever shall be loosed on, on earth shall be loosed in heaven. We need to bind the strong man. And someday I'll give probably a, a class if you want to come to it. I can I'll teach you some things, but you must be mature in Christ to understand the reason why I'm bringing this up today is because I want you to know that the, the forces of the world, because we know that Satan is the prince and power of the air. Be very, very careful. So I got out there, opened up the word of God. And I said, I'm going to ask you to do something. 
And I know this probably comes as a surprise. Maybe a couple of you have heard this. But when I help people to go through any type of uh, possession or oppression, I always read the Word of God. So I tell them, I need it totally quiet, and I need to read the Word. So I was sitting in my car, and as I was reading the Word of God, I, I said to them, now here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you questions. I need you to answer yes or no. And as the Holy Spirit starts to lead, I will then show you, because it even says in the Scripture, we know about the demoniac child, right? That Jesus cast out demons. And, and I'm only giving you this illustration because I want you to understand that it's real, church. It's real. And so she started to, she's like, are you there? I said, I'm there. I said, I need to ask you a question. Where are you standing? She said, I'm at the bottom of the steps. I, need, I said, I need you to do something. As you go up those steps, I want you to stop in the middle. She goes, but every time I go up there, I hear pounding on the wall. And I said, well, I need you to go to the top of the steps. But I said, for some reason, I'm seeing something at the top of the steps. And she said, and for many of you may not believe this, but as a young man, I have a gift of discernment and prophecy. So I, you know, I use that through, through exorcisms. But I said, I need you to do something. And, and I said, as she's standing there, she goes, but it's very, very cold. And, and the people that were there from that show said, it's about 32 degrees. I said, how can it be 32 degrees? It's about 80 degrees outside. She said, well, it's, as we go upstairs, the temperature changes drastically and it gets ice cold. You can actually see your breath. Outside Ravenna, Ohio. This is where it took place. I said, okay, at the top of the steps, I'm seeing something. I said, there's a room there. She said, no, there isn't. There's a closet there. I said, there's a room there. It's a bathroom. She said, no, it isn't. I said, well, I'm seeing a bath. She goes, hold on a minute. It was a bathroom. When we first moved here, my husband changed it into a closet. I said, and why is it that, now just answer, is, has anybody died in this home? For some reason, I'm seeing flowers everywhere. She goes, well, it was a funeral home. And I said to her, okay. And she goes, but I go, Let, let's just keep moving here. And I said, but for some reason, somebody died in that bathroom up there, a little colored girl. And she said, that's bizarre. You should say that. We have the article. Way back when she hung herself in that bathroom. And I said, what's happening right now is you guys have this spirit, the demonic spirit doesn't want you guys to take authority over this home. She's made residence here. I said, and in that conversation, I said, well, what's in the basement? Because in the basement, it's not such a good, good place. She goes, that was actually where the mortician was at. And I said, well, she's kind of housing it. So I, we, we proceeded to talk. So here's what I told her. And I want all of you to listen to me closely. Do not minister to fallen angels unaware. Her husband left the house because he woke up with marks all over his arms. Now, this is the first time I've ever spoke about this in 16 years at our church because it's real. And I said to her, I said, all right, we got to do something. She's not welcome there. So here's what I want you to do. Right now, right where you stand, I want you to say this out loud. In the name of Jesus, I command you to leave this home. You are no longer welcome. And I don't want to scare the baby or the baby in the back because Maddie's holding the baby. I said I want you to do it with authority. Now, what I want you to do is after you do it, 
I want you to command it. I want you to take your finger. Exactly. Amen. I want you to take your finger. And I said, I want you to point to the very area that you've heard things and command that spirit to leave. And then I proceeded to say, now what we're going to do is we're going to pour the blood of Jesus Christ over your home. So I prayed with them, and we were able to get through it. It was a Thanksgiving day right after the Halloween season, and my, one of my nephews is dating a girl. She comes in. She goes, you're not going to believe this. And I go, believe what? She said, well, there was this pastor that, you know, they, they've tried everything at my aunt and uncle's house to get rid of this oppression and possession and demonic spirit that's there. And this pastor got on the phone, talked about it. Listen, what happened? I go, wow, really? No way. You're kidding me. I can believe every bit of it. And I looked at her and I said, that was me. She goes, what? That was you? I said, yes, but I'm going to explain something to you. Even though I was able to help them through this time, I want you to know that it was Jesus who did the cleansing. Jesus is the one that has the power. Jesus is the one that brings freedom and victory. They've been able to be in their home. They've been able to live there. But they went for years, for years, allowing this presence to take residence in their home. What are you trying to say, Pastor? I'm warning our church. And here's the warning before we close. Be very, very careful how you participate in Halloween. Be very careful how you allow different influences in in your home. Because I think it's important. You can turn the fans off if you would. Because I think it's very, very important. And I'm telling the world this. That Satan, Lucifer, is a fallen angel. But our Savior, Jesus Christ, went to the cross. And he even told that sinner... Over there he said, today you will be with me in paradise. And he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He gave up the ghost. He died for us. He was broken and spilled out to give us a hope and a freedom. Church, maybe you've been dealing with sexual immorality, pornography, drug addiction. Maybe you've been lying. Maybe there's been some things in your life that Satan has a foothold. For some of you, it might be a toehold. Before long, it'll be a foothold. And before long, it'll be a stronghold. And I'm here to tell you that today, you can have freedom over it in the name of Jesus Christ. That we as the body of believers have the power of Jesus Christ to be able to free us. You need to tell your neighbors You need to tell your loved ones, don't participate or flirt with sin. Don't flirt with the enemy. There's freedom. And I could probably go through about 30 more stories with you. And there was more to that story. But all I wanted to let you know is that this is real. Halloween's real. And the influences of the enemy are real. But I love that it says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, and I say this. You are a chosen race. You are a chosen people. A royal priesthood. 
a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellence of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. So walk as children of light. That's all I wanted to share with you today. Where are you walking? Where have you been traveling? Guard your home. Guard your heart. Guard your family. Guard your life. And when I saw those pictures of those marks up and down that father's arms, it was up to that point that they'd been flirting with this, that they finally reached out and said, we've got to do something. Quit flirting with sin. Let go. Let God. You know my verse. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and to glorify your Father which is in heaven. He needs to be glorified. And now that we walk in the Spirit, we walk in truth, and we walk in life, we have the Spirit that's within us to run in victory. Do you believe that this morning? Do you receive that this morning? Amen. Let's rise to our feet as we pray. Father God, we just love you. And we thank you that today we have come before you. And Lord, we're going to sing this song at the cross. And I know that maybe some in this room have surrendered their life to you, Lord. But many in this room may not even realize the freedom and joy that comes from having your spirit alive in them and in us and the joy of offering ourselves completely to you. So this morning, for those that are in this room that might just be in a a crossroad, what should I do? Lord, we understand that Paul was saying to us, be careful to participate with pagan worship. To not welcome those things. But understand the things that we do here on this earth should be holy and righteous. We should live a life that honors you, Lord. Father, so today I... I just want to say, Lord, I bind Satan in the name of Jesus Christ. And for those that might have just a stronghold in their life, Father, I pray that they'll come today. I pray that, Lord, we can can pray over them, even with them, even in their seat, maybe where they're at. Lord, if you've convicted their heart and their soul today, Lord, may they find freedom and victory. Father, I'm thankful that today Matt is in this church. Amy and Matt are here and that, God, you spared this man's life. Because you have a purpose and a plan for him. Father, I know your word says, Greater is he that is in you than he that's in this world. Father, I know that. I claim it today, Lord. You are on the throne. You provide protection and safety. So, God, today we make choices of sanctification, separation in our own home and in our lives, in our Christian life. So, God, I pray that in our wickedness that we'll, we'll turn from our wicked ways and we'll seek your face and we'll hear you. And you'll heal us. Much as you told the children of Israel. Father, thank you for your grace and your love and thank you for the second and third chances that we have. Thank you, Father, that this Halloween today, Lord, as we eat of this food, Lord, that you'll bless it and nourish it to our body. As we sit and we just fellowship and we just pour into one another because we're in a community of believers that loves you. Lord, as we sing this song, Lord, if there's somebody here that does not know you as Lord and Savior, may they come to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Lord, there's only hope in you. Oh, God, speak to your children today.
In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Let's sing.